Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Subis Daf Mem Aleph, starting at the top line, brand new Mishnah. And we'll go until the end of this parak, the parak of Elu Naros. This whole parak, we've been speaking about the Sukkim and Chumash that discuss the Knas for when a man violates a woman. And here, what we're going to be doing is discussing whether or not a person who admits that they did this crime on their own how that affects the knas. We're familiar with a principle in Shas referred to as modebiknas, that when one admits to an act that they have done that brings about a knas, the therefore is that they then don't have to pay the knas. That's what Rashi says on the top of the page, second line, modebiknas is putter. And that's based on a Pasuk. So let's see how this plays out in the Mishnah and the ensuing halachic nafkaminas, as we'll see in the Gemara. Ha'omer, if a man says, patisi es bito shel ploni, I seduced the daughter of a particular person. Halacha is, mishalim busha upgam al pi atzmo, based on atzmo, based on his own words, he will be mishalim boshes and pigam. He'll pay, not the knas, but he'll pay the financial burdens of Boshes and Pegam, which we discussed yesterday. However, the Ein Mishalim Knas, when a person is moda that they did this crime, because they were moda Beknas, they're potter from the Knas. And here we see a clear bifurcation between Mamon and Knas. Mamon, you can pay Al Piatzmo based on your own words, but a Knas cannot be paid Al Piatzmo. Line three, Haomer Ganavti, and the Meforshim here add Tavachti Demacharti, referencing Kefel. And Dalit Behe says the Gemara, if a person says, I admit I stole your animal and or I shechted it and or I sold it, then I only pay the principal, but I don't pay any of the knas payments, the doubles and the quadruples and the fives. Same idea. We pay mamon based on our own testimonies, our own self-declarations. However, we don't pay a knas. If a person says, Hamis Shori Es Ploni, my shore killed a person. Oh, it killed Shoro Shalploni. I either killed Ruvain or I killed the shore of Ruvain. My animal killed the shore of Ruvain. Hareza Mishalim al He will pay the principal costs of the damages caused. What if he says, Hamis Shori Avdo Shalploni? My shore killed the Eved of someone. So that's different. There, there's no payment at all. Ein Mishalim al because as Rashi highlights on the fourth line and fifth lines of Rashi, Rashi says, The Torah gives a knas for that. It's not what the principal damage is. It's simply what it is. It's a, a knas of 30, and that's a knas, and therefore, ain mishalim al piyatzma. And the Mishnah concludes, Zehaklal. Here is the general principle, Kol mishalim yeser al mashahizik. If there is a payment that is upon a person greater than the damage that he caused, ain mishalim al piyatzma. The halacha in our Mishnah is that yes, your admittance to a crime that you've done will incur, based on your own self-declarations, any mominous charges that are based on the actual costs of damage, uh, damage uh, incurred. However, anything that's above that, anything that's a knas, anything that's a tax, none of that will be brought about by one, one's own admission. If Aiden catch you dead in the water, you pay with a knas. We're only talking about in this Mishnah, I'm the guilty party and I go into the police station and I say, here's what I did. Or I should say, I go into Bezdin. Bezdin will say, any mominous payments, any mominous, which is costs of damage payments, you're going to be held accountable for. But because you were moda beknas, if you admitted it on your own, you're putter from all of the knas. So asks the Gemara on Mem Aleph, 12 lines down, I don't understand. 
Why did you start with the case of patisia on the top line of the seduction case? We know that there's another case that's very similar, which is the case of Ones. So why didn't our Mishnah speak about the case of Ones? Asks the Gemara, the listni onasti. Why didn't our Mishnah include the case of a man who self-declares, I violated this woman? Says the Gemara, great question. Really, lomi boyakam. Lomi boyakam means we really didn't need to say this. Lomi boya anasti. I don't need the Mishnah to teach me the case where someone self-declares that he violated a woman because there, diloka pagimla, there, there's no flaw in her. She didn't do anything wrong in that case. And there, Dimeshalim Boshe Subkamal Piatmo, that I could understand. However, Aval Patisi, in a case where there's a seduction, in the end, she agreed to be involved in the act. And therefore, the Kapagimla, that is a Pagam in her. She should have been stronger. Yosef HaTzadik earned the term Tzadik because he was stronger. That's the rarity. Many people fail in, in scenarios of seduction. So says the Gemara, we might have thought that in the case of Patisi, where a man claims that he seduced a woman, and because she agreed, she acquiesced, therefore she has a pigam in her, therefore a malomashalim al piatzmo. We might have thought that the halachos were different by the case of Patisi, and therefore maybe uh, we would have thought that the laws were different. So therefore our Mishnah teaches us in the structure of Lomi Boyakamar. We left out the obvious case. We specifically taught the case that needed the Chiddush Kamash Malon, that we treat the case of Pitui and the case of Ones as the same in regards to self-declarations. Says the Gemara, quarter of the way down, Mosnisin Deloki Haitana. Our Mishnah is not like the following Tana. What does the next Mishnah say? It's a Bryce, actually. The Tanya, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda Omer Mishum, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Shimon, Af If a man walks into Besdin and says, I did something wrong, I seduced this particular woman, you don't even pay the Pagam and the Boshes. Why would you not pay the Pagam and the Boshes? Because not every Joshua who walks into Besdin is necessarily telling the truth. Not every guy is believed to walk into Besdin and say, by the way, I seduced your daughter. You bring me Adam. Before you talk bad about my child, bring me Adam. The guy walks in on his own. He self-declares, I, I seduced this woman. And therefore, he has to instantly write a check for Pagam and Boshas. Let's verify. Why is our Mishnah taking everything at face value? And we're automatically blemishing this woman, even though we don't even know that it happened. His own self-declaration is enough to damage her? Who says? Amar Leira Papa. What if she's a smart girl? Amar Leira Papa Labaye. What if Nichala Lididamai? She says, you want to say you slept with me and write me a check? Okay, write me a check. No problem. How much, how much am I worth? And he writes a check for the Pagam and the Boshes. Nothing happened, but she's playing the card. He, this guy walks into Besdin and says, I seduced Ruvain's daughter. Ruvain's daughter's like, no, you didn't, but I'll take your money. So he writes a check for Boshes and Pagam. Is that allowed? Says the Gemara, no, because Dilmalo Avia, because the father doesn't want to have a daughter about whom they say that she's a Beula now because she was seduced by this person. All right, what about Nichale Laviamai? What if the father's on board with his little ploy? Shimon walks in the Besdin and says, Potisias Bito Shal Ruve. And she says, no, you didn't. I'll take the check. The father says, good idea, sweetheart. Let's split the profits. And the father's all good with it, says the Gemara, no dice. Because still, it's a negative on the family. It's like all the brothers, when Dina was violated, all the brothers were angry. Shimon and Levi desecrated a whole city because of that. So obviously, it's not good for the family. What about everybody sits down at the table, family meeting, 
Family, we're gonna we're gonna make some bank tonight because all of a sudden Patisia's Bitel Shall Ruvain, the whole family sits around the table, Kivaldik, let's make a couple thousand dollars. Says the Gemara, no way. What because EF It's not possible that there is a woman who wasn't violated, who's trying to collect on the cash of the Boshes and the Pigam, and there isn't someone in the family unit who cares. Someone should say Pasnisht. It's not right to say that you were violated when you weren't just to make money. Mutter, mutter. But it's not right. It's not from. It's not the right thing to do. Therefore, we don't allow it. It's also possible that it's mostly shamra. But here, it's not like there were Adim. He went into Bezden on his own. This guy is Moda Beknas. Moti Shemra is a knas, so there he wouldn't pay the knas in that case. So here we're talking about a case where the Boshas and Pagam should be paid. She's like, great, I'll take your Venmo here, just uh, send it over. But it didn't even happen. Fine. Says the Gemara, quoting from our Mishnah, what about the case, HaOmer Ganafti? We're just about halfway down on Mem Aleph Amad Aleph at the two dots. Our Mishnah spoke about a case of Ganafti and Tavah, and uh, Mocharti and Tavahti. So we said, Mishalim Esakaren, the only damages that are paid in such a case is the principal losses, the actual loss of damages, but no knas payments are made when a person makes the claim on their own with self-declaration. Okay, now we're getting into a shas sugya. As we know, ksubis is referred to as shas kata. There is a principle in halacha called chatzi nezek. Chatzi nezek is a payment that comes about when, let's say, I own an animal that is otherwise a, a calm, domesticated, reasonable animal. This animal then does some damage. So the halacha in, in Chumash is that this person has to pay chatzin nezek. Are they paying chatzin nezek because really they should pay full, but the Torah was chas on that person, so they pay half? Or is it from the other way? Really, they should have paid zero, but the Torah was makbed on that person. Let's put it into other words. Is chatzin nezek a mominous payment? When we say that my docile calm animal killed an animal, fill your chayv chatzin nezek, is that mamon, I'm paying for damages, or is it a knas, it's the slap on the wrist for your irresponsibility? Which one is it? We've already learned in our Mishnah, this bifurcation between mamonus and knas. Mamon is what I owe you because I caused damage. Knas is the Torah or halacha saying, you are irresponsible, and now I'm going to punish you for it. Not just the cost, but a punishment. So which one is it? Says the Gemara, Itmar, this is a machlokas in the, in the Amorai. When we say palganizka, palgan Aramaic, of course, is half. When we're talking about a case of chatzinezek, what is it? Rav Papa Amar palganizka mamona. When we have a punishment of chatzinezek, that is mominous. You cause damage, you have to pay for your damage. Only half, but you have to pay for your damage. However, Rav Huna Breda of Yeshua Amar Palganizka is Knasa. Actually, it's the slap on the wrist consequence. You're not just paying for your damages. You're paying a punishment for what happened. How do each of these Amorayim substantiate their claim? The Gemara says, Rav Papa Amar Palganizka Mamona. How do we know that in the case of an animal that is a Tam, a really domesticated, calm animal. How do we know that Palganiska is Mamona? Because fundamentally, Rav Papa holds as follows. Kasavar, Stam Shvarim, Lav The average cow, the average ox, is not considered to be Shimor. And because these animals are really not considered to be Shimor, they're not considered to be guarded, you should have guarded them, but you did a bad job. 
really you owe the full cost of the damage. Because you were irresponsible and your animal caused the damage of, let's say, $100. But, But but the the uh, the Torah was lenient on you because your animal is not yet eid from the word uh, muad. Your animal is not yet known to be a dangerous animal. So here's the split. Really, animals are not considered shamor. But your animal's a tam. It's not yet a muad. So we're kind of like in a twilight zone. So really, you owe everything because you damaged 100. You should pay 100. But the Torah was chas on him because his animal's still a tam and not a muad. So Rav Papa's of the opinion that chatsi nezek is a mominous type of payment. However, Rav Huna Bereza Rav Yoshua, two-thirds of the way down, he says, Omar, palgan is kaknasa. When we're talking about chatsi nezek, really that's a knas. How does he approach the uh, status of an ox, kasavar, he holds, stam shvar shimor kaimi. Really, oxen are considered to be naturally shamor. They're considered to be guarded. They don't need extra protection. And really, because animals are, are assumed to be protected, you really owe zero. But the Rahmana, the Torah gives you the punishment, even though you owe zero. There's a punishment given to you. You should have still watched your animal better than, than what, even though there's no fundamental requirement and really you owe zero, but you got to put a leash on it. You got to put a ball and chain so he doesn't go too far. And therefore, really you owe zero. So if you owe zero and you're paying money, what's that called? That's called a kinas. Lemai nafkamina, our Mishnah. The difference is our Mishnah. If chatzin nezik is mominous, then when a person self-declares, great, they're going to have to pay because it's mominous. But if you self-declare in a kinas, you're not allowed to pay. It's moda b'knas potter. So if we say chatzin nezik is mominous, he has to pay with self-declarations. In the case of patisias bito, or like at the end of our Mishnah, where a person says, my animal killed your animal. But Masha'inkin, if it's a knas, really fundamentally you owe zero, but the Torah was mocked on him because he should have done better shimor. So then it would be considered a knas and he'd be pater. How do we paskin? Do we say chati nezek is mominous? Or do we say chati nezek is knas? And that's going to be the subject of our conversation from here until the end of the parak, which is where we're going to end today. And the Gemara gives us uh, two-thirds of the way down at the two dots, a little bit more actually, three-fourths of the way down, gives us a little bit of a simon. Hizik, Ma, Vehemis, and Klal. And we'll see these brands within the four questions that the Gemara uses to try and solve this question of whether or not we say Chatzinezek is a Mamon issue or Chatzinezek is a Knas issue. Number one, here's the Hizik language. It's not, we have a Mishnah. This Mishnah is found in Maseches Bavakama. The Mishnah writes three words. Hanizak Vihamazik Bitashlumen. The nizak, the one that's damaged, the hamazik, the one who causes damage, they are both betashlumen. Why is the nizak betashlumen? The nizak is the one who had damage done to him. Why is he in the form of payment? Says the Gemara as follows. I understand according to Rav Papa, who says that chatzin nezek is a mamon issue. I could understand a case scenario where that's the case. Because what did we say about Rav Papa? We said, really, he owes 100. But the Torah was chasan, so he only has to pay 50. What happens to the 50 that doesn't get paid? The Nizak has to eat the loss. So the Nizak is involved in his own Tashlumen. He's owed 100. He has to eat 50. 
and the mazik pays the extra 50. So we could understand this Mishnah, which says, according to the approach of Rav Papa, that says, Palganizka is Mamona. Ella says the Gemara, Lamanda Omar Palganizka Knasa, according to the Shita Rav Hunabreda Rav Yoshua, who says that Chatzinezek is a Knas, Hashta Delavdi Dekashakil, Betashlumen Isay. How can you say there's Tashlumen by the Nizak? By the Nizak, really, he's owed zero. But the Torah required of him within the framework of a Kanas to pay an extra 50. So Medina, the Nizak, was owed zero and he got 50. He's not involved in offsetting costs. The Nizak hasn't paid a dime and he shouldn't be paying a dime and he won't pay a dime. So the Mishnah in Baba Kama that says, Hanizak v'amazak v'tashlumen does not make sense according to Rav Yeshua who holds that Chasi Nezik is a Kanas. Says the Gemara, great question. Don't worry, lo nitzricha, ela lipchas nevela. What we're talking about is a reduction in the cost of the actual body of the animal. What does this mean? This means as follows. Let's say that the, the death, my animal killed your animal on January 1st. On that day in the market, the animal in his weight class was worth 100 pounds. What would Chatzinezek of 100 pounds be? 50, piece of cake. However, between the day the animal died on January 1st and the day that the carcass of that animal was set in the market was 10 days. In those 10 days, as we're familiar with our 401k accounts, the arrow's dropping sharply. So now 10 days later, this carcass is only worth $90. What's Chati Nezek on 90? 45. Who takes that loss of five? On January 1st, it was worth 100 chatzinezek is 50. On January 10th, it's worth 90 chatzinezek is 45. That's a loss of $5, five zoos and five slang, whatever the units are. Says the Gemara, the pachas nevela is on the nizak. Oh, so now we have a way to answer our Mishnah, even according to the Shita of Rav Huna Breder of Yoshua. We had said, hanizak v'hamazik v'tashlumen. We asked, that's only, that only makes sense according to the Mamanist Shita. That Chatzinezek is Mammon. Why? What about Chatzinezek is Knas? The Gemara says, even in the world of Chatzinezek Knas, where really he's owed zero, but he's still, the Nizak's still going to have to pay the difference if there's a loss between the cost of the carcass on January 1st and the cost on the day of the carcass on January 10th when the Ha'amada actually is put into place. And therefore, all is well and good. We have no answer from our first question. Says the Gemara as a follow up to this response, good answer. Good answer. Now we know that both Shitas of Rav Papa and Rav Huna Bredja of Yeshua are valid. However, Pchas Nevela Tanina, we already learned about Pchas Nevela. We already learned that the Nizak is going to be responsible for the lowering in the cost of the carcass from the day of the death to the day of the Ha'amad, the day of the assessment. Where did we learn this? Tashlume Nezek, Melamed, Shehabailim, Metaplin Benevela. The Bailim are the ones who lose out on the Nevela. Okay, so if we already see that, why do we have two sources that indicate that the that the Nizak is responsible to deal with the Pachas Nevela? Why is the damagee, the one who has to be responsible for the loss and cost? Why do we need two sources for that? Says the Gemara, two lines before the wide lines, Mem Aleph, Amad Aleph, the Gemara says, Chada betam v'chada b'muad. In one uh, of these sources, the reason why we have a reference of Pachas Nevela by a Nizak is to refer to a case of where the animal that did the damage was a Tam. And in another case, the Chada b'muad, where the animal that did the damage was a Muad. The Tzricha, we need both of these sources, one to indicate to us that there's a pchas nevela status of the nizak by a tam, and the same by a, by a muat. Why? 
Tom, if I only would have had a Pras Navela source for Tom, Mishum Deakati Loid. I would have said that the reason why the Nizak is responsible is because this animal is not yet muad. Aval muad de'iyed, but a muad animal, which already was, maybe Amalo, he's too guilty, and therefore we wouldn't say the halacha is the same. V'yashmin and muad, if I only had the case of pras nevela by a muad, that's mishum de mishalem, de kamishalem kule. That's because he's paying a full cost in the case of muad. Chatsi nezek's only a din, by an animal that's tam, but by an animal that's a muad, he always pays kule. So therefore, maybe that the halacha would imply that the nizak has pchas nevela only by a case of muad. Aval tam, who only pays chatzin as a emalo, therefore tzricha, we need two sources for pchas nevela, one by tam and one by muad. And this was a reference in the two dots above where we had our little um, our little mnemonic of hizik. That was number one. Now we're going to go to the hizik mnemonic number two of ma. Says the Gemara Toshma, let's try again. How do we know how we paskin? Do we say chatzinezek is mominous or do we say chatzinezek is knas? Do we hold like Rav Papa or do we hold like Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua? <laughs> Says the Gemara, we have a brysa. What does the brysa say? This is also in Baba Kama. No. Yes. The Gemara says, four lines from the bottom, Ma ben tam lemuad. What's the difference between an animal that damages as a tam and an animal that damages as a muad? The tam pays chatzinezek migufo. Muad meshalim nezek shalim in um, we're going to just go a little bit deeper here, not too deep, but the, it says here that, uh, that the difference between a tam and a muad is that when a tam causes damage, it pays chati nezek, but only migufo. So for example, let's say that my small little goat kills a massive cow, $100 worth of damage. But my cow, my goat is only worth 60 bucks. I can't pay more than 60 bucks. It's not possible. Whatever the cost is of that animal is my maximum payment. So what if the what if my damage is a hundred, but my goat's only forty bucks? I cannot pay more than forty bucks. I that's not chatzinezek. Chatzinezek is fifty. Yeah, we're the animal was a tam. We're going light on the owner of that animal, and he's only meshalim chatzinezek negufo. However, umuad meshalim nezek shalim inoaliyah. When it comes to a muad, he has to pay full no matter what. So if it's a hundred, it's a hundred. Even if his animal's only forty, he has to pay. What's missing from this? Says the Gemara. The lok tani. What what do we not see here? Shatam eno meshalim al piatzmo. That when it comes to a knas, that a tam doesn't pay knas. Umuad meshalim al piatzmo, but a muad does. So what does that indicate to us? Well, before we answer that question, take a look at Rashi's text of our Gemara. Rashi, three lines from the bottom, doesn't say the lok tani. Rashi says the im isa. And if you want to say the palganizka knasa, if you want to say that palganizka is really a knasa, like Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, then Rashi says three lines from the bottom in the bold, nisni nami If you want to say that it's a knas, then you should list in this Mishnah that we in this brisa that we just quoted, that when it comes to knas, that there's no payment by a tam by chatzinezek. But it's, that that distinction was not referenced. So therefore, it must be that Chatzin Nezek is really Mamo, because otherwise, had it been Kanas, we would have seen this distinction. Says the Gemara, not a good answer. Ton of Ishir. This is a well-known structural answer that we see throughout the Gemara. Whenever we see uh, lists or distinctions in a, in a Tanaic source, 
we always have to ask ourselves, is what is what we are seeing exhaustive or not? So the Gemara says here, it's not exhaustive. Ton of Ashir. Yes, this Brisa speaks about one distinction, Chati Nezek Migufo, and by a Mu'ad, it's, uh, it's always going to be Shalem, Min Ha'aliyah, fine. But we don't have to list every distinction. Ton of Ashir, we had a Brisa, but Bashir, we left this thing out. We left out this distinction, and really, it's Takachu, the Chati Nezek is Knossa, not Mamona. There's another way to understand it, says the Gemara. If you're telling me that we left something out uh, out of this Mishnah, then usually when we leave out one thing from a, from a, the distinctions, we leave out two. So my shear the high shear. What else was left out in addition to this that we left out? Says the Gemara shear chatzik kofer. One thing that was left out is chatzik kofer. What's chatzik kofer? Chatzik kofer is where my animal. There's a payment of my animal where a shore kills a human being. If my shore kills a human being, so the halacha is that. Um, what did I even write here? I can't even read my own handwriting. That's why you shouldn't do any writing after a flight. Just stop writing. I can't even read my own handwriting. So the Gemara says that when it comes to the owner of a muad, that uh, he only has to pay a certain amount of money. He has to be chatz, pay chatzi kofir. So says the Gemara, that was left out. Because we don't see that distinction here between a tam and a muad. Says the Gemara, imi shum kofir. If that extra thing that you're leaving out is chatzi kofir, that's not a good thing to leave out. Lav shiuru. That can't be what is necessarily left out because as we turn to the top of Mamala from the base, we'll see that there's a shita that holds that it's not a distinction at all. Money, top of Memala from base. It's not just it's not just a muad animal that would pay chatzikofer. It's even uh, it's even a tam. So therefore, this wouldn't be a distinction. And therefore, because there's no other distinction to be had, therefore we are stuck not having a good answer from answer number two. And if you look back at our mnemonic at the two dots, you'll see that the third word is hamis, and that's where we are on the second line of Memala from a base, which is tashma. If a man says that my shore killed this person, or the animal of Ploni. So what did we say in our Mishnah? My love, betam, and that this would then imply that Palga, that Chati Nezek is talking about Mominus. Why would it be that it's Mominus? Because he's Mishalim al Piatzmo. What does it mean that you're Mishalim al Piatzmo? It means that you're paying the cash, uh, the cash value for the damage that you caused. Says the Gemara, lo, maybe our Mishnah was talking about a case b'muad. So says the Gemara, if that's true, aval betam, my, had it been that we were talking about a case of a tam, we would have said, enu mishalim al piyatzmo. If that's true, that if it was eno tam, he would not be mishalim al piyatzmo. If that's true, then adatoni seifa avdo shalploni, we should have made another distinction. Instead of the case of avdo shalploni, where we say enu mishalim al piyatzmo, niflog benisne bedida. If what you're saying is true, then we should have had one source, not two cases, one case with a split. And that what should it have said? Uh, yes, thank you. And because we don't see that distinction, that's a problem. So therefore, says the Gemara, you're right. But this Mishnah is not dealing with that. Says the Gemara, Kula b'muad kamairi. Really, the whole Mishnah that our Mishnah is dealing with is talking about a muad, and it's not talking talking about a tam at all. And if you look at our Mishnah on the top of Memalaf Aleph, doesn't talk about a tam. I gave that framing about Chatzin Ezek. The Gemara gave references that possible ways to look at our Mishnah, but it's not Mukhrach that our Mishnah is talking about a case 
of a tam. So that was answer number three, case number three, where we don't have an answer yet. Now let's get to case number four, where we're actually going to answer our question based on this source as to whether or not we hold Chatzinezek is from the camp of Mominus or if it's from the camp of Knas. What did we learn in our Mishnah? The last line of our Mishnah reads, and we're a quarter of the way down on Mamala from the base, Toshma Zeaklal. Anyone who pays more, anyone who's obligated to pay more than the damage that he caused, this was what our Mishnah wrote. So it says the Gemara, what's implied from that? If the amount of money that he's being charged is less than the amount that he did cause in damage. I caused $100 of damage. The bill that I got from Bezdin was $95. So then, and that shows you that we're talking about Chatzinezek being Momo, because you do pay if the amount of money is less than the total damage, equal to or lesser than the total damage. Says the Gemara, Lo Don't make that inference that it's Hapachos Mimashihizik. Eleima, that it should be as much, not less than, but as much. What if it was in fact less? Maybe we would say, and therefore it is a knas case and not mominous. So it says the Gemara, had that been true, and it's not, had that been true, a third of the way down, listening, our Mishnah should have said, Anyone who doesn't pay exactly what the damages were, that would have made sense in the Mominous realms. But because that isn't the case, we reject this, and therefore what we would say is, from our Gemara, it seems clear that a Chatzin Nezek is deemed a Knas. This is going to be the nafkamina for our Mishnah. Because as mentioned, our Mishnah indicates, and Rashi highlights this explicitly, that when a person is modeh b'knas, he's pater. So if chatzin nezek is a knas, and I'm modeh to a knas, I'm a, the owner of a short tam, and I say my animal caused damage, so there's no knas in that case, because modeh b'knas is pater. And chatzin nezek, according to this, is a knas. The Gemara has a technical question with the way that the Gemara answered the question. What did the Gemara say? The Gemara had said that it was both teyuvta and then followed by the words v'hilchasa. Tiyuvta v'hilchasa? Why do we need both of those? Tiyuvta, we understand. You rejected the possibility that chatzinezek is mominous. By definition, we know there's only one other option. Chatzinezek must be a knas. Says the Gemara in. We do actually need both parts of this answer. Number one, that there's a tiyuvta. And number two, that there's a v'hilchasa. Why do we need to be ever so explicit and articulate? Halfway down on Memalaf and Medbez, the Gemara says in, time of my itosab, what was the reason that we rejected the sheet of Chatzinezek as Mamona? Because Mishum Because something was missing. It was an absence of the text in our Mishnah. That's not super clear. And the reason it's not super clear is Kevan Because there is another possibility of how to read a case of Chatzinezek, and that is a case of Chatzinezek Tsuroros. Have you ever been driving on the highway and the car in front of you kicks up a rock and it hits your windshield. We've all had that experience. Most, most, most of the time, it doesn't crack your windshield. Let's say it does. And now let's go back a thousand years, 200 years. Let's say your animal is running and it kicks up a rock and it tears a hole in the canvas of the chariot behind you. That's called Chatinezek Tsuroros. Chatinezek Tsuroros has a halacha lemoshim Sinai status that a person has to pay Chatinezek. 
Okay. So had it been that our Mishnah simply didn't say this case of Kimashahizik, I might have had a misunderstanding about Chatzinezek. So therefore, I had to add in a little bit more. We know that the case of Chatzinezek is treated as, as Mamona. And that's why we weren't able to say so clearly what the din is. And therefore, we needed the Hilchasa to, to follow up for us. So we had this one-two punch of the, the Tiyuvta followed by the Hilchasa. And it seems from our Gemara here on Memalafon Beis that we paskin that Chatzinezek is a Knas. And says the Gemara, Now that you're saying when we have, have a case of Chatzinezek that it's a Knas, so then if, kalba, if a person has a dog, that ate a small animal, or a cat uh, that ate a Tarnagol, if Rav Revei, if it ate an animal that's way bigger than its size, so Mishuna that's Mishuna, that's not normal. And that money won't be collected in Babel. And the reason why the Mephorshim explained is because in Babel, they didn't have as expert of Dayanim as they did in Eretz Yisrael. In Israel, that would have been different. Aval Zutre, but had this cat or dog killed an animal that was uh, relative to its own size, was a normal catch. Like, so let's say we see a cat killing a bird, which is a relatively normal thing in nature, normal. That's Urchehu, and in such a case, they would collect. What would happen in the case where my cat kills someone's very, very large, an ostrich, abnormal murder? An ostrich is the largest bird in the world. The tapas, if I, as the owner of that ostrich, took money from the cat owner, says the Gemara, I can keep that money. You did hurt my animal. We just don't have the right best in to, to go through the process. But if I took that money out of your property, all is well and good. If one says to the other, hey, I, 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 we need this case adjudicated properly. We're going to Eretz Yisrael for a din Torah about the ostrich. No problem. You have to go. The low azil. If the person who caused the damage isn't willing to go to Eretz Yisrael for the din Torah, we put him into, uh, into Shamta. We put him into Cherem. And says the Gemara, the truth is, either way, we still put him into some kind of You need to remove your animal. Your animal is a danger. You know, sometimes you see in these movies that these high-end people walk around with, you know, a Bengal tiger. And God keep that thing on a leash. They're very dangerous animals. Even if they kill an animal that's normal, it's still not comfortable. You got to keep them on a leash. So we're going to put that person into Cherem one way or the other. Where do we learn that idea from? That if a person's not willing to cage their animals, that they're causing a danger, they belong in Shamta, they belong in Cherem. That's Midi Reb Nassan, four lines before the end of the parak the Tanya. The Brysa writes, Reb Nassan Omer, Minayin Shalo Yegadel Adam Kelev Robesoch Beso, that a person should not raise a dangerous dog in their home, below Ya'amid Sulam Re'ua Besoch Beso, and that a person shouldn't leave a rickety, shaky ladder in their home, you should not leave blood in your home. And that teaches us that if a person is not going to be responsible with their animals, and secondly, with the ladders, but we're here focused on the animals, that that person will put, be put into cherem for their lack of responsibility around their animals. We'll stop right here at this end of the parak. Hadron Allah Elunaros Baruch Hashem, we finished another parak. We are 950 plus blot into Shas. The Ratzon, we should come back to this daf in seven and a half years. Wishing you all a beautiful night.